Chinese leader Xi Jinping gave Prime Minister Justin Trudeau a public dressing down at the G20, caught on camera, over apparent leaks to the press, but Trudeau held firm. Meanwhile, a Conservative MP says the Liberals are benefiting from the Chinese government interfering in Canada's elections. The RCMP had a plan to clear Freedom Convoy protesters without the use of the Emergencies Act, but did not communicate its plan to the federal cabinet. And the Girl Guides of Canada apparently think brownies are racist. Hello Canada, it's Wednesday, November 16th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Anthony Fury. And I'm Rachel Emanuel. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. At Wednesday's G20 meeting in Bali, Indonesia, China's authoritarian leader Xi Jinping confronted Prime Minister Justin Trudeau at a public gathering over apparent leaks of a conversation the two had engaged in the day before. Xi's words, which were caught on camera, were described to Trudeau via a translator present as saying, quote, what has been leaked to the papers, that's not appropriate, and that's not the way the conversation was conducted. But before walking away and leaving the event, Trudeau counters G, saying, In Canada, we believe in free and open and frank dialogue, and that is what we will continue to have. We will continue to look to work constructively together, but there will be things we will disagree on. Now, the day before, Trudeau and G had a 10-minute sideline meeting where they reportedly discussed, among other things, climate change and China's human rights record. Now, the PMO readout did not say how the Chinese president reacted to any of these issues, only that the two leaders, quote, discussed the importance of continued dialogue. Meanwhile, Conservative MP Garnet Genuis blasted the Liberal government over a report by CSIS that found at least 11 candidates in the previous federal election received Chinese cash in that last election. Now, in response to the Liberals refusing to disclose which candidates received the approximately $250,000 in funding, Genuous claimed the Liberals were the ones benefiting from Beijing's interference. Take a listen to that. Canadians were shocked to learn that the government of China illegally funded candidates for office here in Canada starting in at least 2019. How could this happen? How could the government of China think they could get away with this? Perhaps it had something to do with the fact that a former Liberal cabinet minister and ambassador to China actually directly encouraged the government of China to intervene in Canadian democracy yeah. in the very same year. It's true. Liberal minister John McCallum encouraged the Chinese government to intervene in Canadian politics. And so they did. Why have Liberals spent years ignoring foreign interference? Because they benefit from it. Yes. Liberals' weak foreign policy and failure to stand up for justice and human rights has led human rights abusers to want Liberals to stay in power. It's time for a new government that will end foreign interference and pursue a principled foreign policy no matter which foreign powers it annoys. It's time for a government that will put the national interest ahead of political interest. It's time for a government that will stand up to dictators and put the people first. Here, here. Rachel, there is a lot going on here. I think the news about the dressing down and that clip that is being circulated all across the social media, we would have played the clip, but the audio is pretty rocky on it. You got to really struggle to hear, but it's clear what the translator's saying. I think there's going to be reverberations from that. This is not the last we've heard of that encounter. 
No, absolutely not. But I think it might be a good look for Trudeau to have taken a tough stance on this issue. As we've just heard here, you know, the Conservatives are very unhappy. The Canadian electorate is understandably very unhappy with the possibility of Chinese election interference. And I think our Prime Minister needs to be looking that he's taking a tough stance on this issue. And I don't think a lot of people expect Trudeau to be seen as taking that serious stance or to be seen as being tough on China. So I think the fact that the Chinese president is unhappy with him could bode well for Trudeau. No, definitely a good clip for domestic consumption in terms of him pushing back against that leader. But you also see Xi Jinping with his body language in that clip, with the way he behaves. He's clearly pretty dismissive of Trudeau. And I think a lot of this just goes back to a lot of things that Xi Jinping's on the record saying that freedom of the press, human rights, they just don't work for him. He's made it pretty clear to everybody in his government, all the senior figures, that those aren't things that they value. They actually consider them Western constructs. So it's no surprise that he's basically saying, why aren't you reigning in your press, Mr. Trudeau? Sure. Well, this literally is a foreign concept for him. So understandably, he's unhappy with what's going on over here in Canada. And I am sure that we'll see more from him on this. But right now for Trudeau, it's probably a good look in a time where I don't think he's been very strong on this issue so far. No, he hasn't. And I guess the question, Rachel, is does Garnet Genuis have a point, though, even if Trudeau is looking a bit tougher now? Was it the case that, well, I, I know we can't say was it or was it not because we don't actually have the details of who got those numbers, but is it at least a good point of inquiry to ask, yeah, did the Liberals in fact benefit from China's funding? I think it is a good question to ask. We don't know at this point. I'm not going to speculate as to whether or not they have, but it's a simple solution here. Trudeau needs to release the information. I don't agree with government withholding information from their citizens, unless, of course, it's a national security issue, but they should be conveying as much information as they can to the Canadian electorate at this point. We need to know what's going on. We need to understand what the impacts have been. Speaking of releasing the information, over to you, Rachel, for the latest on the Emergencies Act inquiry. On day 23 of the Emergencies Act hearings, documents revealed that RCMP Commissioner Brenda Lucky had a plan to clear Freedom Convoy protesters from Ottawa without the use of the never-before-used Federal Emergencies Act. But that plan was never communicated to Cabinet prior to the invocation of the Act. Commission lawyers focused their examination of Lucky on her communication with the federal government throughout the protest. Here's what that sounded like. Your update to Cabinet as it is deciding whether to invoke the Emergencies Act is that the police now have a plan, they've pulled it together, and that you, as the commissioner of the RCMP, consider that plan to be workable without the authorities of the Emergencies Act. And that doesn't get delivered. Your messages don't get delivered to cabinet when they then deliberate on the invocation of the act. Do you appreciate the significance of that scenario? Uh, yes and no, because we had spoken about the fact that we had an integrated planning cell, that we were bringing together a plan, an enforcement plan to go forward. So there was talk about a plan and that a plan was in progress. I reported on that, I believe, in, in my previous IRG. So it wasn't a brand new concept. Um, but yes, in fact, the fact that we now had a plan, I, I'm not sure if it was signed off either. Um, as of that point, because we were having difficulty getting it signed off, we didn't realize it needed to be signed off. But I know that um, on that same day, like the, I think it was the Sunday, um, that would have been, I'm, I'm guessing the, that was the 13th. Uh, I had actually, I think, reached out to Chief Soli about signing off the plan. I, I'm not sure of the timing on that. But 
the existence of a plan was known, just the fact that it was official or not official wasn't uh, reported on. Anthony, it seems like we had this exact same conversation yesterday. Every time we hear more from the Federal Emergencies Act inquiry, it seems like more policing services are saying they did not use the Emergencies Act, they were not planning on it, which just begs the question, why did the federal government feel the need to use such extreme measures to crack down on freedom convoy protesters? Yeah, so well said, Rachel, because I think before this inquiry got underway, that was the million dollar question. Now it's been, been been brought up. The stakes are even higher. We've bidded it up to be the billion dollar question, the trillion dollar question, because more and more testimonies are just coming out saying we didn't really need this. We had plans to do other things. And the stakes are even higher now for Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's testimony next week for him to answer these questions. I think everyone in Canada is looking towards that testimony with anticipation, wondering what he's going to say. Is he going to have some last minute justification that no one was expecting? It seems unlikely, but it's obviously very important that we hear from him at this point and get some answers on what is going on. Now, I don't think that any policing services that we've heard some so far have requested the use of the Emergencies Act. Can you think of any, any answer as to why the government might have felt the need to invoke it at this point? No, I think the only testimony that has really uh, dug in heels about the need to proceed this way is Ottawa Mayor Jim Watson, one of the three levels of government that was involved in this response. We really haven't heard too much from the provincial government, uh, lower level members or, or, or policing members of the provincial government saying we didn't need it. But of course, Doug Ford and Sylvia Jones uh, pretty much notoriously refusing to go and testify uh, going to court basically to say they don't have to show up. So it'll be up to the feds next to say, are they going to do a similar thing as Mayor Jim Watson has done? Yeah, absolutely. All right, Anthony, over to you for a last story here. The brownies are racist, apparently. Yeah, you heard me right. On Tuesday, the Girl Guides of Canada announced they will be renaming their brownies branch to be more inclusive. In a news release, the Girl Guides of Canada said the move was, quote, important and necessary to creating an inclusive and equitable space where every racialized girl in Canada feels like they belong and are welcome in guiding. The new name for the program for girls aged seven and eight has not yet been decided. The organization says in late November, members will be invited to help choose from a short list of two names. Now, those new names are not known. They will be announced the final name in January and this will take effect next fall for September 2023. Rachel, do they have a point here that naming an entire grouping of, of their guiding brownies is, I guess, not inclusive and offensive to darker-skinned girls? No, I really don't think so. I think these types of stories are just so exhausting, and it seems there's a new one every other day. In fact, CBC is reporting that critics of the change say the origin of the names has nothing to do with race, but that brownies are fairies in Scottish folklore. So I think it's one of those instances where you need to really look at the facts, figure out where the name comes from, and not just have sort of an immediate, you know, knee-jerk reaction to something that actually makes no sense at all. Well, for sure. And when we talk about inclusion and education and not having an ignorant perspective, could one not say then, okay, we need to just educate people on where the origins of this name came from? Oh, absolutely. And I think that's the case for a lot of these types of stories that we see. And, you know, you kind of just have to laugh at a certain point because otherwise it's just too frustrating. But also just when you think about the amount of resources that are being put into this, now they're going to announce a new name in January, but that's not going to take effect until September 2023. So almost a year from when this issue was first announced. So to me, it's just silly that they're spending time and resources on this issue. And there's so many other things that they could be focusing on, especially when we're talking about issues for young girls.
Yeah, I think when you hear the phrase brownies, before you think about the Girl Guides, you maybe think about that that tasty treat, that dessert, the chocolate brownie. And I imagine people of all heritages, backgrounds, and skin colors go, oh man, I'd love a chocolate brownie right now, particularly in you know, a warm, moist right out of the oven. They're not thinking about any racial angle. Like, give me a break. No, I just wonder how long it's going to be till we have to rename that sweet treat as well. Don't give them any ideas. That's it for today. And don't forget to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.